Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm your host, Tish. Journey with me as I talk to everyday people about how Christ changed their life. Welcome back to another episode of Trust the Journey. My guest today is a young lady I admire and respect. I've watched her grow spiritually and professionally over the last 10 years. Tanny? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. I was excited and nervous when you asked me, but I'm happy to be here. I'm so thankful. Tani, share with the listeners a little bit about yourself. So I am almost 30. I'll be 30 next week, actually. Yay! Yay. Um, I've been married for almost 13 years to my husband, Levi, and together we have seven kids. We just had our last one at the new year, just a few days after. Uh, So we have four girls and three boys. I am a working slash stay-at-home mom. How long have you been married? Uh, Almost 13 years. 13 years. Generally, I do an icebreaker. This time, what I'd like to do is have you share your passion, Tani. What is it that you love to do? (laughs) So I love interior design. I am an interior designer, and I love to um, reimagine furniture as well. So I take old beat up pieces and I make I give them a new lease on life and I make them look fabulous and uh, brand new and we me and my husband are actually opening our own interior design studio and showroom slash sales for <laughs> so we'll have like a little storefront where we sell all of our, our pieces that we refinish or build um, and it's right here uh, off of Route 66 <clears throat> in Holbrook, Arizona. So I'm sure a lot of people are like, what is Holbrook? <laughs> but it's so hidden town. It's literally the Cars town. So the movie that they based, the movie Cars, they based it around this town. And it's so, it's really neat. So yeah, the highway, we're right off that highway I-40 that passes right past us. Um, but right here in Holbrook, we are opening day is April 16th. That's I'm exciting. Here in Holbrook, there isn't anything for kids. There's only a movie theater. There's no 
bullying. There's no, there's nothing. There's nothing here. So the kids tend to like hang out and drink and, you know, even like the little 12 and 11 year olds. Yeah. They don't have a place to go. So we're opening it up um, and we're working with the Youth for Christ team that's here and they're going to meet with their youth group on Tuesdays. Um, and then we're going to have some other days during the week where the kids can come and hang out. So people have been donating things. So, so far we got like an Xbox donated and a pool table and an air hockey table and Levi's pool and a shuffleboard. Our goal is to have like three huge TVs with three different game consoles um, so they can come and play video games and uh, hang out and we'll have snacks. And we're going to do Bible studies once a week and then have different community members come in and teach. Uh, different things. So, like, his sister has a bakery. She can come teach how to make cupcakes. Yes. <laughs> you know, the fire department keep coming to you. Um, uh, what is that? CPR mm-hmm. classes and stuff like that. So, I'm really excited for that, but that won't be opening until um, the end of June. Okay. So, it's, that, our store is two things. <laughs> that is really. amazing. That is truly, <laughs> truly amazing. Some place for the kids to go. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to go to Holbrook and see it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can't wait for you to come. We'll yes. We'll coffee and we'll go hang out. Yes, because it's such a, a beautiful little town. I love little quaint towns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. And as for Tanny's beautiful designs, she does some amazing work. And I will be happy to uh, put it on the Trust the Journey Facebook page so you can get an idea of what it is that she does do. It's amazing. So, oh, thank you so much. You are so welcome. Such a sweetheart. I want to go ahead, Tani, and um, jump into your testimony because I know you've got those babies. And, and listeners, please forgive the quality of this audio. We are actually doing this interview by phone today. So I'm I'm glad that we were able to come together and get this done. I would have loved to have gone to Holbrook, but I have been uh, not feeling too good. So Tani, let's just go ahead and jump in and, and share your testimony with the listeners. Okay. Well, I'm sure like most of us, I have a really long testimony. So um, I'm just gonna start from when I got saved. And I got saved at 13. And that's when I, like, fully knew what it meant, what I was doing, what God was, you know, delivering me from. At that point in my life, you know, everything was fairly well. I mean, my parents always struggled. My dad had recently, well, not recently, six years prior, had just got clean from addiction that he was struggling with. Mm -hmm. And he had just got saved, praise God. And it was an amazing ministry that came into his life really turn that around for him and that's when I got to really see space come into play with my dad and, and seeing him I would catch him praying, you know. Right. <laughs> like stuff like that. And I, I really learned like my prayer life from my dad and my mom as well. But as far as their marriage, it was always really rocky. So after I got saved at thirteen, life prior to that was calm. And right after that it's like everything started to fall apart. My parents were fighting more. Then they split up, yes. <laughs> which at the time I didn't know they were splitting up. I, it was just me and my mom and my sister getting home with place to live and sleep in the car. And um, this was about 14. Staying at different people's houses there in the valley and 
my dad, you know, he was working to get us another place. That's all I knew. That's what he was telling me. Um, and he was staying with a friend. So eventually my grandmother, who is up here in Holbrook, um, she was like, nope, <laughs> you guys are coming in here to live with me. You're not sleeping in the car anymore. You're not going from house to house. Come with me. So uh, he came with one of my uncles and packed up all our stuff and we drove up to Holbrook. And this is where my mom is from. And she, she's from Holbrook. And so her father had a pastor, had a, he pastored a church here that how we ended up staying in Holbrook. We moved to Holbrook. And for a 14 year old girl, you know, I, in a small I guess town. Like a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I went from a city to a tiny little town. I was like depressed, you know, and devastated because I left all my friends and that whole thing in my life and the things that I was used to, but it was already in shambles. I think that was just like the cherry on top. <laughs> right. We're moving away. Um, I think the only consolation I had in that, and the comfort I had, was be close to my big mama because she was. She's my favorite person. <laughs> that, that made it a little sweeter because I got to see her every day. Uh, so we, we moved up here. We stayed with her. And I still wasn't quite sure what was going on with my parents. Um, I, I seriously thought that they were just trying to get financially stable so we could move back to Phoenix because that's what was being told. I went to my sophomore year up here. You know, I did high school and everything up here but in the midst of that there was so much um turmoil going on within my mother um that she just couldn't tell us she was just really uh disconnected from us me and my little sister uh-huh. so we were pretty much on our own she was just working and trying to provide and that whole thing about when she was single mom which again i didn't know <laughs> but that's where she was at I was going through my own depression because in the midst of all of that happening, my grandfather, my big papa, he had passed away. We moved up here, and actually right before that, one of my closest cousins, Mina, died. We came for, down for her, I went down to the valley for her funeral, came back up. Um, and then right after that, my big papa passed away, which he was the most consistent, stable man in my life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, my entire life, and then he passed away. And so that was really hard, and obviously that was really hard on my mom as well, and then it's a, what she was going through was a divorce, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't know. So she was hateful and mean and disconnected and just withdrawn, just all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started drinking <laughs> yeah. a lot. And at school, I was fine. I was a A student. On the, I was a cheerleader and a student council, junior class president, all these things. So at school, I w- it appeared that I was fine and I I was really good at putting on a good face. Right. right. <laughs> to you know, just put a smile on your face and it's fine. You know, let people know about your problems and I did not talk about it at all. You know, and I would even say, "Oh, my dad," like I would lie and say. My dad's in the CIA and <laughs> like all this ridiculous stuff. That's why he's not around. And no, I had no idea why my dad wasn't around, you know, but I just would come up with dumb things and just to try and cover up what my life was really like. Overcompensate too. Like I would make up for what I was lacking at home and good work. So like that was just an overachiever. Yeah. Killing myself 
to make everything look like everything was okay. And that's actually something I still struggle with today, but I'm learning to be more transparent. But anyway, so I started drinking, and I would um, go home, and I'd get a 40, and there was this guy, he was actually in high school, but he looked like a older man, because mm-hmm. <laughs> he had all the facial hair. He would buy 40s from the old English, like the cheapest stuff, because I couldn't afford anything. I was a teenager without a job, you know? Yes. So I, I would drink that at night before I went to bed and cry and drink and go to sleep. Like, it was really sad. Now, I couldn't do that as much in my big mama's house. I think it got worse when she moved to Texas. And it got worse in two ways because she moved um, the summer after my my big papa passed away because it was just too hard for her right. to stay in the town and just the house and everything. She moved with my aunt and everything. And she had lived there originally. From um, in Texas? And, yes. Okay. Yep. So she's in, she moved to Tyler. That, again, was like another big blow for a 14-year-old, well, now 15-year-old girl. My world is continuously being torn apart. And so she moved away and she sold the house. And that house was, was special because, you know, my dad and my big papa and my uncle, they all built it together. <laughs> and it just, there was a lot of memory there. So she sold it and, and left it. My, me and my mom and my sister moved into an apartment here in Holbrook. It was one of two apartment complexes. So we moved there and... I suddenly had a lot more time to myself because I didn't have my big mama there to kind of watch over me, take me to church, make me sing hymns with her. <laughs> she used to love to play piano. So my mom would be at work and she'd work nights and I could just get away with these things. So I would drink a lot. <laughs> so I was in a really bad downward spiral. My mom was too. She was having her own faith crisis. She started taking us to different churches. <laughs> you know, the LBS church and the Jehovah's Witness church. And like just, she was raised pretty much Baptist, uh, Kojic. And so she was having her own crisis and everything. And so that, that whole foundation was being shattered as well. And I was like just questioning even if I was going to follow the Lord yeah. <laughs> anymore. Being that I just got saved two years prior. You know, and now here I am, like, wow, why would God allow all of this to happen in my life the way it was, you know? I had a friend who was Muslim, my uh, my older sister was as well, and I started to kind of think about that, and like, maybe this world was being got really into, like, racial pride, and, right. <laughs> you know, just a lot of lot of things. So fast forward to all the little stuff, I meet uh, Levi, and I had met him prior to my husband. At the beginning of my my sophomore year, I met him, but we didn't really talk. The summer of my my sophomore year, so going into my junior year, we really started like just to hang out. So you you both grew up in the same town, then basically. Levi's from Holbrook, also. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we met in high school, and yeah, he was born and raised. He's a country boy. (laughs) 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 He is country. (laughs) So. yeah, we, we met here, and um, we started hanging out a lot. And it was cool because, like, we were just really good friends, best friends, and his parents would have these Bible studies at their house. And he'd go, you want to go over for a Bible study? 
okay, you know. Yeah. Um, and and it's because he was so cool, I was comfortable going. And even then, the Lord started to slowly pull me back in from where I was headed. And he was doing it through this guy, <laughs> you know. Um, and we ended up getting married. We got married uh, the summer of my junior year. That's amazing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's funny because we, we got married, um, so we hadn't even been dating a year. Um, we were friends a year prior. We got married, had our first kid in December, so we were pregnant before we got married. It's funny because uh, when I went to enroll for my, my senior year of, of high school, he had to actually enroll me. like you were just living a complete lie and once yeah and once everything was discovered you're like this is not what I thought it was yeah so all of that happened I I meet my stepmother and trying to take all that in was really that was, it was really hard it took a while to really take that in and be pregnant and you're still a developing teenager <laughs> and a wife and all these other things going on so I had my daughter and again, at the time, I didn't know it was this, but I, right away, like I had her and I stayed home with her for four weeks and I went right back to school. So I had to finish out high school. But then I did the unnecessary and I took on a job, a full-time job as well. Oh my goodness. And I did not need to do that because Levi was working, we were fine. Um, we were blessed with a home from his parents and their property and we didn't have like rent or anything. So there was no reason for me to work. We didn't have a car payment, we didn't have a house payment. Now looking back, I know I had like postpartum depression, plus right. depression in general from everything that um, you had gone through. 
Yes, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. So I I went to work and again I was like overcompensating and I was like the top salesperson at my job and like just just keeping myself busy so I didn't have to fail pretty much right. you know and making everything look like it was okay I wasn't letting my husband leave us I wasn't respecting him as a man he was just I just I treated him like. Like he was uh, just my best friend staying in the house, <laughs> right. you know. Um, like you were roommates. And so, yeah, like we were roommates. I didn't know how to be a wife, you know. I saw my mom fail as a wife. I saw my dad fail as a husband, and the only picture I had of that was my my grandparents. But not, I didn't live with them enough to know how to model out to be a good wife, you know, to be that good Proverbs thirty-one woman. I didn't know that. Was really controlling and headstrong and independent, and not that being independent there's anything wrong with that. I still didn't allow my husband to leave, so that created problems for us early on. By the time I was almost 19, I uh, had my second child. Mm-hmm. So, had my first at 17, and my second meeting at 19, almost 19. Right after that, we split up because. Levi couldn't even take it anymore. Yeah. I was just, you couldn't get into my heart. It was just, I was very surface, you know, and just very focused on not having to think about everything that was going on around me that I, uh, I just, I couldn't connect with even him. Like, I couldn't even be completely real with him. And so we did, we split up for a couple months. He moved to the valley. I had a newborn. And a one-year-old, and that was really hard because I was so depressed. I didn't know how to handle that. We were, like, getting divorced. That that was final. You knew that that's what you wanted to do, was get a divorce. No, no, I didn't didn't want that. But that's, you know, given what my parents had just gone through, I'm like, oh, yep, I drove my dad. My husband went, just like my mom drove my dad went. Like, you know, that's how I was talking to myself. And I was very final, and then... Pastor Rob, he was the pastor who married us and did our premarital counseling and all of that, who led my husband and his entire family to the Lord. He really was by my side through that time and would pray with me, send me scripture, He'd keep me in the Word, and really uh, show me how to pray for, for my husband, for his heart to be turned. Me and my mother, I stayed with my mother-in-law, and she just encouraged me and poured into me and pray for her son, for his heart to be changed, for my heart, you know, and he came, he came home a couple months later, so right after our, our two-year anniversary, he came home, you know, the healing process had started. It began. <laughs> yeah, and we got pregnant right away <laughs> with our third kid, Isaiah. <laughs> so, three kids before the time I was 20, like, boom, 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 they came. And uh, we got pregnant with him, and we started uh, doing, like, marital, I want to say, like, seminars. So we did that for a year. And then right after that, uh, we went through some really hard financial times. He had lost his job, and we had to start all over. And even though we didn't have, like, a mortgage or anything like that to pay, still you have to survive. That happened right in 2008 when the recession yeah, when the market and all crashed. of that was happening. Yeah. Yes, and here in Holbrook, there already weren't any jobs. 
because it's a very tiny town. So there was one thing, and that was the power plant, uh, APS power plant, and that's an incredibly hard place to get in with. He got offered a job working with a friend down in the valley um, in Compete, and as well as working for my, my family's uh, group home business. So we moved to the valley. <laughs> and that's when our marriage really started to strengthen because that's when we found Calvary and young families and we were really poured into but I was still struggling as a wife (laughs) because I had three kids it wasn't until our second year living down there that I like finally opened up completely to him and just poured out my whole heart it was just like in the middle of the night God just moved on me I broke down and I told him everything from day one, from being a little girl to seeing my dad struggle with addiction to design all the ways that my dad failed me and put these images in me of how to trust a man, a man and how I really couldn't because how many times he let me down and then we were able to grow and build on that. Um, not saying that we don't still struggle and, and go through day, but that's when... <laughs> It really uh, started to turn around for me, and I was able to have more deep, meaningful friendships as well. Right. Um, able to, to trust people because I had never just gone to a friend and been like, "Oh my gosh, this is what I'm going through. Can you pray for me?" Never, never that. Being in that culture, surrounded by believers, and that's where I met you. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I I learned how to just be vulnerable and transparent, and that really helped me to heal and trust people. That's the reason I can talk to you today, <laughs> you know, because God really used that in my life. I mean, that's the, the, the foundation of my, I guess, my testimony. It doesn't stop because I have so many different different things that we've, uh, we, we struggled with just in being a young wife and mother because we've had so many kids so fast. It's almost like you can lose track of each other. We've had to really, in this last few months even, learn how to be intentional on um, connecting with each other, me allowing him to lead, because I still struggle with that in a big way, because I'm really independent. (laughs) Um, Through your walk with Christ, what is it that you do to allow your husband to lead? Well, when I'm feeling like anxious about something, or I just want to take over in a situation, whatever it is, to remind myself that Christ is leading my husband. And ultimately, I trust him. I trust Christ. So I know that whatever decision Levi makes, it's been sifted through the Lord's hands already. It will be fine. You know, so you, it's you, well with me. You put your, your trust, of course, surrendering to the Lord who's going to yes. guide your husband. And that's how you allow him to lead. Yes. And you say that yep. that's still a struggle for you or has that gotten better for you? No, that's, that's gotten better. Um, I guess why I struggle in the, him leading me is making decisions without talking to him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I put the kids in this, or I said yes to this, or like, and I don't even, like those types of things, you know, and I, I realize I'm disrespecting him as a husband. Like, cause it's most of the time, he doesn't care. He just wants me to talk to him first. Right. You know, but I, 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 I struggle with that. So, but when it comes to the big stuff now, like the, the important stuff, you know, I I trust him because I know he's going to the Lord with it, and so I can trust that it's in God's hands. Right. <laughs> Either way, and I can't I can't do better than the Lord at that. <laughs> so I just am able to notice these qualities, how the Lord uses 
So would you say that your surrendering to the Lord allowed you to really have a different perspective on your husband and the people around you? And it had to be your your submission to the Lord. Absolutely. That even even with my own dad, I I can trust my dad again. Yes. I love him. You guys have a relationship now. How about your mom? Okay, so with my mother, that was a very, we were always really struggled (laughs) through childhood up. And that's because she she struggled with her own things and went through her own mental turmoil and depression. A lot of loss in her life. I never really got to connect with her like I I, I see other mother-daughter relationships that but you had so your big that, mama. You and your, I had that was my, my big mama, though. <laughs> yeah, you had your big um, mama. Thank God. For, that was my mom's best friend, was her mother. So I guess it was almost like, you know, we were connected. She, we, were, we were at a point where we just talked for a few years. It's really weird for a mother and daughter. So now, I mean, over the past, I want to say four years, almost five years, we've really been, like, working on it talking and my mom she loves me she loves me to her core i know that yes um and there's we've we've talked about things i've told her i've been completely transparent with her and told her how i felt she's given me that that space to do that and we've you know had our apologies and all of that so it's really just we've been working on building that relationship and that i've had to ask the lord to really bind us together. In the past, I want to say three years the most, there's has been the most growth between her and I. And then, you know, that grandmother had passed away, but it had been already four years since I saw my mom. But then when my, my big mama passed away, I, I got to, to see her. And, you know, it, it brought joy to my heart to see her, which in the past, it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, just because it was, we were going through some things, you know, right. and I needed to really just surrender it to the Lord. That was my own bitterness. It wasn't her. It was me holding on to my own bitterness and not allowing Christ to work through me and love her through me. Now I have, I think, a pretty normal relationship with my mom. I call her. We talk at least a few times a week. Good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really happy and to, to be growing in that way and you know we're going to try and get out there to Texas this year so we can uh, visit with her so she can meet my last three kids <laughs> <laughs> she left I had four now she's going to meet three more <laughs> oh my goodness well that it in itself is definitely um, healing for other people that we can have forgiveness for people that have hurt us. Christ calls us to forgive, and we have to truly, truly forgive by surrendering it and giving it to Christ. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, even if we're struggling, I still praise him because I know that there's a purpose for it, that he's allowing it. You always see the blessing at the end of it. Like, it's that verse where it says, count it all joy. I really learned to do that. And what anyone Oh my gosh, how are you this young and you have seven kids and you've been married this long? I'm like, that is nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is the Lord. It has nothing to do with me because I generally suck as a wife or a mother. Or, you know, I, <laughs> no, you don't. 
always, I just tell people, that's Jesus. It's the Lord. That's the power of, of his love in someone's life. Do you have any words of encouragement for the listeners? I would just say, whatever it is in your life that may be weighing you down, something that you're holding on to, a hurt that someone has, has done to you, and you always go back to that hurt, or, you know, even if it's a, a huge uh, struggle, like catching whatever, really, truly just lay it at the foot of the cross. Like, just lay it at Jesus' feet. Trust that he's going to fill that void in your heart where you've been hurt by that person, and really give that bitterness over to him, and watch what he does. Watch the joy that he places in your heart where you're able to see things with fresh eyes and whatever that the burden is you know that you're going through that's like too heavy to carry really truly just give it to him and watch him work and it's amazing how much our life changes when we just give it to the lord because the joy that he gives no one else can give and to really experience that joy is like really to experience christ's presence there's no way to explain how in the midst of so much chaos and heartbreak and hurt, you know, where you should be completely down, how you're still smiling and joyful and able to, to live a, a joyful life. That's Jesus. That is Jesus. He can really heal and, and take away the worst pain. Tani, do you have um, a scripture that you go to? Oh, yeah. Be still. <laughs> be still and know that I am God because... I am such a get-out-there-and-do-it-yourself um, person. Or uh, if I, I can't, you know, stop being sick, I want to fix it myself. No matter what it is, if it's a physical thing, emotional thing, whatever, I've really, really learned to just be still and trust in the Lord. He always does a better job, always does a better job than anything I can do. I just have learned to, to quiet, quiet my mind and, and, and tune my spiritual ear to the Lord by being Thank you for listening to Trust the Journey. For show notes, visit us at facebook.com forward slash trustthejourney316. For questions or comments or to inquire about being a guest on the show, email trustthejourney316 at gmail.com. I encourage you to embrace God's calling on your life. Our ministry begins with our testimony. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Until next time, I am Tish Goble signing out. Have a great day.